being able to enter into your presence and to ascribe praise to you this morning, Father, to let you know from our heart to you what you mean to us, who you are, how we've seen you show up in our lives. And Father, it is our desire to bless you, Father, through our life, through the things that we do. As you reveal yourself to us, Lord, we begin to act out and bless you, Father. So I just thank you for that. Thank you for that. Lord, I I, uh, thank you for the worship team and their commitment to leading us into your presence this morning. Thank you so much, Father. And so now I just want to pray as we enter into um, the message, as we open up your word, Father. I pray, Lord, that your word would would penetrate our heart, that it would be sharper than any two-edged sword, Father, that it would separate bone and marrow, and that we would truly see who you are, Father, through your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Y'all can be seated. So we we have children we got to dismiss. I heard somebody yell, Danny. I knew knew exactly what they were trying to remind me of when they said my name. So, all right. If you have a kiddo around you, I just want you to extend your hand here real quick. We're just going to pray over them. Let's pray for him here real quick. Father, thank you for our children this morning. We thank you for your view of who children are. We thank you for the way that they minister to us about how we are to come into your presence. And so, Father, I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit would reveal you to them as they're down in their classes, as they're communicating with one another. Father, would you be speaking to their hearts and revealing yourself to them and pursuing their hearts? Lord, I also pray for parents this morning. I pray this morning that parents would realize that they are their greatest mission, they are missionaries to their children. And so, Father, I pray this morning for, for parents as well. And, we, Lord, we just release them. We thank you for our workers. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Get out of here, kids. So we are honored and privileged this morning um, to have a guest speaker. How many of you guys know Rob Stafford? Raise your hand. Yeah, give him a little clap, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Rob is part of the 1010 Oversight Team. Um, so when we are talking about big things and we feel like the Lord is um, saying some really big things about us stepping out in faith, uh, a lot of times we'll go to Rob and say, hey, we're hearing this from the Lord. Um, what do you think? And uh, he doesn't say you should do this or you shouldn't do this. He pushes us to Jesus even more. So that's always fun. Um, um, and also, uh, for those of you who don't know, Rob's pastored churches over the years. He has um, just a lot of great experience. He's now a life coach. In fact, I can speak to, to, to Rob and, and his, um, his life coaching when I was considering uh, starting, starting my own small business. I just went to Rob and said, hey, these are the things that I'm thinking right now, but I just need to check. Is, is, this, is this in line with, like, what God would want me to do? Or am I just being, like, a little bit, like, selfish and thinking out of the flesh? And um, just being able to have that conversation with him. And, again, he didn't say you should do this or you shouldn't. He said you need to go to Jesus more. And so, um, Rob, why don't you come, come on up? We're, we're so privileged to have you this morning. Thank you for coming and, and, and sharing with us. Thank you. This could be interesting. <clears throat> hey, good morning. Are you happy? 
and you know it. Clap your hands. Uh, before I begin, I want you to repeat after me. I'm on a journey with God. He knows where I'm at. He knows how I got here. He knows what to do. Therefore, I do not need to be afraid. I don't need to worry. I don't need to doubt. I don't need to second guess him. I can call upon his name because he's right here. Now, let's step into your problem that you're currently processing and see if you actually believe it. You understand what I'm saying? Usually we don't trust that God is actually with us. We like the theory of God more than the, the reality of God because that's what we've been taught. We've been taught religious practice, and today I'm here to tear down some of that religious stronghold kind of thinking, the poverty thinking that keeps us in a place of us striving to be Christian. I want all of you today to resign from being Christian. It doesn't work. It's by grace you've been saved through and not of. I'm going to get into that in a little bit later. Okay, so you all comfortable? All right, well, I'm going to make you uncomfortable. Um, I've been blessed and honored and privileged for the last 21 years to travel around the nation to different churches and ministries. I helped start churches, helped start ministries. I've helped, sh I helped shut down churches and shut down ministries because that's part of what I do. And I don't enjoy it, but I, I know if God's in it, I'm in. You understand? It's not all about all in the sweet by and by. No, it's in the situations that we get ourselves into where God can show himself glorious. God can show himself powerful. God's able to provide for, in ways that we don't even know how. Stop trying to get out of problems. Try to get in them because that's where God wants to meet you. If you're trying to escape a problem, you're trying to escape God. Remember, where did Jesus meet the disciples in the storm? Well, I just gave the answer away. In the storm. So I want each of you, whatever it is you're processing, maybe it's a job transition, maybe it's a relational challenge, maybe it's a health issue, I'm, I'm asking you right now, Jesus, reveal yourself to me in this situation rather than asking him to take it away. Okay, so let's do that. Just take your situation to God. Say, say, Jesus, what do you want to be for me in this situation? Yeah, I'm having technical difficulties here, but we'll be all right. Thank you. Just say, Jesus, what do you want to be for me in this problem that I can't seem to overcome? What's he revealing to you? Come on, you can speak up. Life or light? Light, yeah. You're going to get more. That's going to become expansive in you this morning. Patience? You know, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. You don't strive to make yourself patience. He reveals himself 
and puts himself in a steadfast position so you don't have to sway. You just wait. It's in the waiting on him, not the waiting for it to change. If you're waiting on it to change, you're going to miss him. What else? What's, what's he want to be for you? Perseverance. You know what? We're supposed to add perseverance to our faith, and how do we add perseverance to our faith unless we're up against something? It's going to come. Ah, tenacity, that hard word that we don't even know how to spell. You know, we're all designed to be not just overcomers, but more than overcomers. So we can persevere. We can be patient. We can wait on the light to come. We can be tenacious in our, our stance with God because nothing is too hard for him, correct? All right. Now, I don't know whether you know it or not, but the vision of 1010 is we pursue and point people to the abundant life in Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean to you? Now, we're not going to get feedback right now. I don't have time. We could be here all afternoon because there's so much of my heart I want to share with you. But unless you're operating from vision, you're wondering. And if you're wondering, you're, not, you, you're wondering like demons do. Jesus said, when I cast demons out, they just wonder. So if you want to be in the company of demons, just wonder. Well, that sounded pretty bad, didn't it? Don't cast me out of here yet. No, we're, we're a people of purpose. We're a people of vision. We're a people that, that God saw before the foundation of the earth, and he said, I want to go on a journey with you. He's not surprised where you're at. He's just surprised you don't believe him. So we pursue and point people to the abundant life in Jesus Christ. Now, we're all coming into a revelation of abundance, correct? Or we're coming into a revelation of poverty. I've tried poverty out. I don't like it. I've tried sickness out. I don't like it. You know what I mean? I, I tried all the stuff out. And I've been going through a real transformation in my own heart the last few weeks, and it's been, like, painfully beautiful. So one of the things I was asked to do today was to talk about the core, one of your core values is spiritual transformation. But I want to set the stage for that because so often that means we do something. Spiritual transformation is about relationship, not doing. You understand? The doing is a result of relationship. Now, before I get into my lesson, I want to think about some of the spiritual, so-called spiritual disciplines that you've activated in your life or as a community. So talk to me about those things, whether it's a morning devotional or a community outreach, for example. What spiritual, in quotation, spiritual uh, disciplines are you currently exercising yourself or as a, as a uh, 1010 community? Prayer. Yeah, we do. We have individual prayer. We have corporate prayer. We prayed before the service came. Uh, we started. What else? Uh-oh, we don't have any disciplines here. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Well, what did we just do earlier? We worship. Why did we worship? Because hopefully our heart was to tune into God and connect with Him, and He connects with us, right? Not just sing songs, okay? What else? Contemplation and reflection and meditation, right? We get into that deep place of discovery. That's probably the closest you're going to get to actual spirituality because external doing does not necessarily equate to internal 
transformation. What else do you do? Okay, you're out in the community, you're just sharing life with people, and next thing you know, you're talking to them, and suddenly the name Jesus comes up, or God, or right, the Bible, and organically, you start to make disciples. That's probably led by the Spirit. That's probably not, I'm going out to hand out tracts today, that's religious. Not always, but it can be. It's the motive behind the action that we're after. Anything else that you do? You did something here with backpacks. What was that about? Tell me, I forget. Okay. And did you think you did that on your own? Of course not. You did it with other people, but how do you think that all came into pass? Because the Holy Spirit was involved in the process. Do you notice him? Do you know how to notice him? It's pretty simple. In the midst of a problematic relationship, you have love for a person, right? You have the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the fruit of the spirits manifesting in the midst of a situation that you would otherwise act from the flesh. Well, today I want to position us to be able to step into a transformation process that actually represents God and actually does something in you so that your works will actually be beneficial and meaningful to God. You know, without faith, we cannot, we can't please God. And where does faith come from? It comes from relationship. We say it comes from hearing the Word. But how do we hear the Word? It's not up here. That's natural. Hearing of the Word is an internal sense of connection with God that does something to us and through us to produce a new fruit in our life that actually represents heaven. So let's get on here with our um, notes here. In its simplest and purest form, spiritual transformation is a process in which a believer in Jesus learns to be led by the Holy Spirit to express the life and nature of Jesus in everyday life. Now that's a mouthful. And if we could have that up on the slide, that would, on the screen, that'd be great. Now, let that sink in for a minute. Spiritual transformation is, much, um, is a process in which a believer in Jesus learns to be led by the Holy Spirit to express the life and nature of Jesus in everyday life. What's your name? Pierce? Pierce, you described something of where you're moving into a transformational interaction with somebody and just beginning to connect with them because you're connecting with God and thereby connecting with that individual. So there's a transformation possibility in that where that individual can touch Jesus and Jesus can touch them and something will happen for them. It wasn't even so much your clever words or your, your nice personality, it was the presence of the Holy Spirit reaching into that person's life. To gain understanding of this principle, we need to go into 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And uh, we're going to have this on the screen, or you can look it up. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version at verse chapter 12. Now, 
we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us, to us by God. Now, I'm going to pause. I'm not going to read straight through this because I have to point out some very key principles here. We have not received what? Spirit of the world. The spirit of the world is, the, the, is where we live. So if God was going to give us that, that wouldn't even make sense. He's going to give us something greater than the spirit of the world, and that is what? What did he give us? His spirit, the Holy Spirit. And why did he do this? It's in here. Just follow along. So that we could understand the things freely given to us by God. So whenever you want to go through a tra spiritual transformation, you, if you simply use willpower, you're still in the spirit of the world. You understand? I'm going to try harder. That's the spirit of the world. Now, I've disciplined myself in the natural to walk about five miles a day. Now, I start off my day with one to two miles. Throughout my day, I get some steps in, and if I'm not finished, by the end of the day, I'm going to get the rest of my miles in. But it, I don't need God for that unless I just need some encouragement. But that's different. I'm going to step into the spiritual realm and allow him to encourage me. Encourage me. So spiritual discipline is not of the world. It's of the spirit. Is this starting to click yet? If not, it will. Let's go on to verse 13. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Now, do you ever wonder why the world can't comprehend that who Jesus is? Because they can't until they purpose to believe in their heart, so they purpose to believe that they actually have a need that's greater than the natural world can provide. So if you want to know spiritual things, you need to approach life from a spiritual perspective. And that's when I would love to jump out of my body and just show you who I am outside of my body. Because in essence, that's what I'm doing. I am connecting with the kingdom of heaven, which is where? It's in us. We don't have to run after what we already have. You know, we sing songs, I'm just running after God. Well, why do we do that? We don't have to run after the one that's already here. Now, I'm not against the songs. I just want to be biblically correct in my singing. You understand? Now, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Now, if you've met Jesus, then say, repeat after me, in Christ, I am a new creation. Now, what does that mean? Come on, let, let, just think, let that sink in for a minute. Your body didn't change, but something was made new. What was made new? Your heart and spirit, your whole internal life. And that's why spirituality is an internal thing, not an external thing. Spirituality is, is not the doing, like, like the taking of a communion. I could go over and eat a cracker right now, and that would be fine. I could take a drink, a little sip of juice right now, and that would be fine, right? That would be natural. But if I'm going to take communion, I want to enter into a realm of, wow, God, 
you are so amazing to me. I, God, I didn't even comprehend how great you were. But in this moment, I experienced the life of Jesus and the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. It's not intellectual in any way. But the natural man has to walk over and pick it up. But that's not communion. Communion is a connection. Pierce went over and I, I saw him and I, I thought, man, I, I should do that too. And I thought, uh-oh, I heard the word should. That's natural. You see, there's a leading, there's a, there's a, a desire to go. And, and, and you know, I, before I leave here today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have communion. I know I am. But I wasn't going to do it because I should. I have to. Get those words out of your vocabulary when it comes to spirituality. I should go to church. No, you shouldn't. As a matter of fact, and I know Dave's watching this. Dave told me he was going to watch. He was going to be here, but, you know, he chickened out on us. No, no. no but I'm going to ask all of you to stop going to church. Uh-oh. Every week you walk through that door. You walk in and say, the church has arrived. Try it out next week. Matter of fact, we probably all should dismiss and go back out and come back in again. You know what I mean? Oh, I went to church. Did you? Okay, checked off the box. Natural. That's not spiritual. I am the church is spiritual. Is this making sense? I don't go to church. I am the church. Pierce told me that a while ago. He said, you know, when I'm out and about and I'm talking to somebody, I, we didn't use these words. He said, I'm the church. You know, when we show up somewhere, we're, we are to announce the kingdom of heaven's here. It's in the book. The kingdom of heaven's here. You know why? Because the church is here. Now, I'm just a man drinking a coffee, but then I'm watching. I'm looking. God, what are you doing here today? Holy Spirit, how are you leading here today? Is there somebody you want to touch here today? And after a bit, uh, a word will start to bubble up if I'm on assignment. See, a spiritual person is on assignment from heaven. I'm going to get into that in a minute. A spiritual person doesn't need to figure out what to do. They just show up in it. You show up in it, and suddenly something bubbles up inside, and suddenly you're speaking a word into somebody's life, and they're like, wow, how did you know that? Or you're, or you're releasing healing and say, whoa, what was that power? Well, I just came from heaven and God touched you. That's pretty weird, isn't it? Now, what's your name again? Don. Ask me where I'm from. I'm from heaven, but I currently re reside in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. Did you hear what I said? You know, if you start to get the essence of salvation, you have been born again into the world of God. And so when you go out on assignment, you're coming from heaven, not from, I, don't, I didn't come from Anaheim. Physically, I did. But I was commissioned by God from heaven to come here and release a word to you about spiritual transformation that will change your life if you receive it. You know what? I want you to stop getting up in the morning and say, oh, I've got to do my devotions. That's not spiritual. That's man. You know, I, I, I got to give this money. No, no, don't do it. Don't. Stop right there. And, and ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Show me what it's like to sow the seed from a heavenly perspective into this offering plate when the time comes. Show me what it's like to sow, sow a seed into this individual's life that, 
that, that you're showing me, you're highlighting me in, in this restaurant today, God. I don't want to just be um, a hearer of the word and a doer because I should. I want to be a hearer and a responder, one that's moved into action. What's going on inside, Pierce? I can tell the Holy Spirit's moving in you. You don't have to talk to me yet, but I know you will because you are, you're a man after God's heart. Uh, where are we? Maybe verse 15. The spiritual person judges all things, but he himself, uh, but, but is himself to be judged by no one. You know why? Because now you're seated in heavenly places. What we do is look at behavior and start judging behavior. That's natural. You want to learn to judge as God is judging. Seated in heavenly places, his judgment is forgiven. His judgment is prosper. His judgment is overcome. His judgment is be healed. There's no condemnation for the one who, from the one who has saved you. So who are we to bring condemnation to anybody in our lives? I've done it a lot. And I, I'm looking back and say, God, I've been a wayward son. God, I've become the judge in people's lives that they don't deserve it, whether it be my wife or my sons or other people. God, I've passed judgment. Will you forgive me? I'm telling you, you don't need to judge. The judgment has been done on Jesus. And I know it's hard for the prophets. It's all black and white. And, you know, this is, you know, well, who's going to call it out? The world will, I'll guarantee you. But the church, no. Jesus said, don't judge. He said, don't judge. However you judge, you're going to be judged. And Paul said, however you judge, you condemn yourself to do the very same thing. So why would you judge except the way Jesus is judging? Forgiven. Overcomer. Healer. Deliverer. You need help? Sure, I'll help you. I have everything you need for life and godliness. Everything. I want you to step today out of your religious posture, posture and step into this kingdom of heaven identity, into a place where spiritual transformation will produce the fruits of righteousness so that when you're active as an individual in devotion or you're active as a corporate body handing out backpacks or whatever you're doing, it's coming from a place of relationship with him. God did not give you the spirit of the world. He gave you his spirit. It's a powerful spirit. It's the most amazing spirit that ever was or ever will be. There's none like him. The Holy Spirit actually participated in the creation of the earth. Remember in Genesis, the spirit of God came and hovered. And as he was hovering, things began to move. Things began to shake, uh, shake and things begin to take a shape and a form because the Holy Spirit came and hovered. I'm telling you today, whatever your problems are, physical, mental, emotional, relational, whatever it is, come Holy Spirit and hover over it. Do something in it that I can't do on my own because my efforts to this point have not produced the righteousness of heaven. Stop praying, oh God, will you help me? He already said he would. Are you hearing me? God already said he would. You don't need to ask him for what he already said he would do. 
and say, God, show me around heaven so I can speak on earth as it is in heaven. Why do you think Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father who lives in heaven, how precious and holy is your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in this problem as it is in heaven. Now, I'm not fully there yet. I'm still enough human that I can mess it all up. You know what I mean? I still have enough religious mindsets that I can still go into that stupid place of worry. And I call it a stupid place because it's not a fruit of the Spirit. You know what I mean? It doesn't line up with the kingdom. We have some situations in our family right now that just don't make any sense to us. We can't figure out what's going on, God. Are you ever going to change this? And it's hard. It's really, really hard to see loved ones being lost or loved ones being judgmental. Or loved, you know, it's just really, really hard, isn't it? I'm not saying that life on earth is easy because that's not what the book says. The book says there's going to be trouble but yet you are an overcomer. And I'm telling you, the stuff I'm learning the last little while, I wish I would have learned when I was 20. I don't know why I had to wait till I'm 63 to start to get a grasp on it. But nevertheless, I'm right on time. There's no condemnation. You're right on time. You're right where you need to be. And God knows right what he, exactly what he wants to do. Now, here's another beautiful thing. Verse 16. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so to instruct him? Who are we to tell God what to do? But we have the mind of Christ. How often do you say, Holy Spirit, show me the mind of Christ? Because right now my mind isn't working too good. I do it all the time because I'm always in trouble. I mean, because I do, I get in predicaments every day with somebody or, or some group, some business, some church, some ministry. I step into a mess, and I'm saying, I don't know what to do. And God says, good. Let me show you around. Let me show you around my kingdom. I have great and wonderful things. And when you speak, something's going to happen. Something's going to change. I see it all the time. You know, where I see it the most, though, is outside of my life, not in the personal realm. Because I've still guarded my personal realm with religious thoughts and religious activities and judgments. And this is a very humble confession. But I'm telling you, you've got to be honest. You've got to be brutally honest with yourself if you want to find the freedom I'm talking about here today. Because true spiritual transformation is from the inside out. So how does the transformation process begin? Now we're in the process uh, section of our talk today. Romans 10, you believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And what happens? What happens? You believe in your heart. And you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And you enter into the realm of heaven. You know what many people do? And I've done this most of my life. I'm standing on the edge of hell, holding my ticket to heaven and doing nothing with it. But you know, salvation, it doesn't cause you to escape hell. It invites you into a place, a realm of life. It's new life. It's called abundant life. 
And many of us need to get cash in that ticket because we're already seated in heavenly places. Let's read Romans 10. I'm reading from the Passion Translation from verse 9. And what is God's living message? It is the revelation of faith for salvation, which is the message that we preach. For if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will experience salvation. Now, what is salvation based on my description? Salvation is not just being saved from hell. It is entering into your heavenly place. And that's so foreign to logic and reason. Logic and reason and salvation are not compatible. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all of your ways do what? Acknowledge him. And how do you acknowledge him? Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for coming into my heart. Thank you for giving me the kingdom of heaven. Now show me around. You see, salvation is entering into this realm of existence that's superior to the realm of the existence we live in. Why do we pray again? On earth as it is in heaven? Because that's the way God wants it. On earth as it is in heaven. If it's not in heaven, I mean, if, it's not, if you're not experiencing some form of freedom here on earth, it's because you haven't found what's in heaven to release on earth. Now, this is kind of weird, I know. It's like, man, I wish we could physically step out of this realm and step into that realm, but our physical bodies aren't designed for that realm because it needs a transformed new body at some point. But spiritually, we're able to step out of this realm and just one click, boom, I'm in. How does that happen? Through faith in Jesus. It's by grace you've been saved through faith and not of your works well, what happens is we take spiritual transformation and we do earthly things and call it spiritual. No, we're designed to find out spiritual things and then bring them out on the earth. So I only do what I see the Father doing is what Jesus said, correct? So how did Jesus know how to heal particular? If there's five different blind people here and God is, if he wants to heal all five of them, do you think he would do it all the same? He would have something different in mind quite often to say, now, Jesus, you saw this when we were, we were talking about this blind person. Here, here's what I showed you. And so Jesus went and did it. And then he's gone along his journey, and here's another blind person. And, Jesus, and the father says, Jesus, remember what I showed you? So he goes and do the, does it that way. There's no formulas. There's no patterns. Because God loves spontaneity. And it's in spontaneity where faith actually works. Verse 10, the heart that believes in him receives the gift of righteousness of God, and then the mouth gives thanks to salvation. The best use of your mouth after salvation is thank you, God. Did you hear what I said? The best use of your mouth after salvation is thank you, God. 
because then you can be in agreement with Him and His promises. If you're not in agreement with God and His promises, it's like you're, likely you're in agreement with the enemy and his lies. Remember, there's only two realms, the realm of the enemy and the realm of heaven, the realm of God. So if you look at the fruit in your life, it's soon, soon easy to tell which, where your agreement is. And I was over here saying, God, I got so many agreements with the enemy, my life isn't going well. He said, well, why did you do that? He didn't condemn me. Just why, why would you make that agreement? Do you want to break it? Well, of course I do. But I've tried, God. I've tried. He said, yeah, by willpower, by self-effort, by striving. Driving is not a fruit of the Spirit. So if you want to break agreement, you need to step into to say, God, I've lost focus of you, and I've lost focus of my true identity. And because of that, I'm trying to be Christian over here. It's not working. So I'm going to resign. That's all. I'm resigning from this. I'm going to turn my heart back over here and say, show me around. That's all it is. It's just a turning. The repenting is a turning to the one who saved you and just show me around. Show me around, God. And he will show you great and wonderful things. And as he shows you these things, you'll be able to speak to these things over here and they will change. I've seen it again and again, but not in every area yet. I'm I'm all in. You know, last week or a week ago, two weeks ago, I got assaulted by cold germs. And it's been annoying. It's been frustrating. And the reason I got, say I got assaulted by cold germs is because I'm not walking around saying I have a cold. That doesn't even make sense. Think about this for a moment. Cold germs aren't in heaven. So, yeah, I'm over here and I got assaulted by cold germs and they're annoying, but I'm overcoming. This might sound ridiculous to you, but I'm telling you, I'm not going to submit myself to the methods of the world and, and agree with them when I'm designed to be part of something that's greater than cold germs. Don't say I have, say I've been assaulted. Uh-oh, am I losing you? Are you good? Well, I'm telling you, if you agree with it, then you have to fight it. So I'm stepping back and saying, no, 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 not on my watch. And I'm saying, you immune system, you come into agreement with heaven. And you kill these germs in the mighty name of Jesus. It's been a bit of a battle, but we're winning. We're overcoming. Oh, Dave, forgive me. You'll have a mess to clean up next week, but you'll be all right. Don't worry. What's going on inside? I always get curious. I love to have x-ray vision into your brains and see what, what are you thinking? What are you processing? What are you wrestling with? Okay, got a little bit of a whisper out of the corner. Come on, tell me what's going on. What do you, how's this message touching you right now? I have a little more to go, so hang in. But what's going on inside? Faith without works is dead. But what do we do? We put the works first and then say, God, will you bless my works? That's why. If, if you're going to go, give me an example of something you're going to do today, just practical. Okay, you're going to work around the house. 
you're allowed to do that in the natural, by choice, by logic and reason. But before you do it, I want you to go to heaven and say, God, when you look around my house today, what do you see? Okay, so God, you know, I have these three things on my mind today when I go home. Now, God, I, I don't, these three things might be interesting to you, they might be curious to you, but I would like to know if these three things are on your mind today. And he might show you something different, or he might jump in and say, yeah, you were discerning of me because that's what I wanted to do. And your whole experience will be different then, well, I just got to go home and be natural. You understand? You're spiritual 100% of the time unless you don't notice you're spiritual. In my home, as it is, in my home, as it is in heaven. How many problems are there in heaven? How many light switches are there to fix in heaven? It's okay to be fully natural. It really is. It's okay. But you know what? You're never going to come into the full revelation and understanding of I am seated in heavenly places. We're going to look at this in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12, 22. I'm again reading from the Passion Translation. By contrast, we have already come near to God in a totally different realm. Repeat after me, totally different realm. The Zion realm, for we have entered into the city of the living God. Repeat after me, the city of the living God, which is the new Jerusalem in heaven. We have joined the festal, uh, festal gatherings of myriads of angels and their joyous celebration. I'm going to pause. How many of you have expectation to have angels to go with you today? Or angels have already come with you today? Angels already are here with us today. Myriads of angels are in the heavenlies, and they get sent out on assignment to go with us. Some of the seers over the years have said, there's two angels that go with me. Sometimes there's more. I haven't seen them yet. I look to my left. I look to my right. I don't see them. But they say, yeah, they're there. And some of them, sometimes they're really big and sometimes they're a little shorter. I don't know. But I haven't seen them yet. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to tapping into the realm of the spiritual uh, place of my true identity in Christ where all things are possible. You know, I got very curious about angels, and I'm not going to speak on that today. But all throughout the Old Testament, angels were showing up on assignment from heaven to deliver messages to some of our brothers and sisters of old. They showed up to Mary and to Joseph. They showed up to Jesus. They showed up everywhere. But if you don't live your life from this realm of life I'm talking about, you'll never notice it. But just glaze on by and hope for the best and take your ticket on to heaven. Now, verse 23 in Hebrews 12, And as members of the church of the firstborn, all of our names have been legally registered as citizens of heaven. And we have come before God who judges all and who lives among the spirits of the righteous and who have been made perfect in his eyes. 
If you've been born again through faith in Jesus, repeat after me, I am a citizen of heaven. Therefore, I'm an ambassador here on earth. And that changes everything. That does. I mean, it changes. I'm an ambassador. Where am I from? And where do I reside? Mannheim, Pennsylvania. Verse 24. And we have come to Jesus who established a new covenant with his blood, sprinkled upon the mercy seat, the blood that continues to speak from heaven, forgiveness. A better message than Abel's blood that cries out from the earth, justice. If you're crying out justice, you're in the spirit of the world. If you're crying out forgiveness, you're where? It's not complicated. There's no darkness over here. There's no, there's no darkness. I mean, pure sleeks light. He doesn't try it. He just shows up and heaven leaks and, whoa, what was that? Now, people don't say that, I don't think, but, well, maybe they do. Maybe sometimes you say that. Or sometimes you walk in the room and you're filled with light and suddenly, oh, that was a weird feeling there. What was that? Well, it was the spirit of darkness. But we don't fear the spirit of darkness. We don't fear the spirit of fear. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, right? What did he give us? So what's our problem? What's our problem? He gave us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. We shouldn't have any problems unless we're entertaining the spirit of fear, which is the earthly realm. So, spiritual transformation is not what you do. It's not what you think. What you do and what you think is natural. Spiritual transformation is your spirit touching his spirit. His spirit touching your spirit, and suddenly you know something you didn't know before. Suddenly you're empowered to move into action in a situation that you, weren't, you didn't feel empowered to do. It's when you're feeling really, really weak over here and suddenly the revelation of God's strength comes through His joy and now I'm able to move into action because His joy is my strength. You see, spiritual transformation is not works and then something added to it. It's by grace you've been saved through faith so that your works have meaning. So stop whatever you're doing and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal your, your motive. And then when you do your personal devotion or your personal Bible study or your personal communion, whatever it is, it'll be something of, of meaningful connection with God. And then when you come through the door next week, you step in as the church, the body of Christ. You're going to be stepping in with a testimony of heaven following you, and this place will start to feel different. It will. I'm telling you, it'll feel different. It'll feel like heaven because what one person in heaven is great, but now you have 50, 60, 80 people all come in from heaven. I mean, we're all here. Think about the, the magnitude of manifestation of the heavenly realm when we all come together, not because we're all so needy and so beaten down, but because we've been with God. 
Now, don't get me wrong. Some of us have some pretty rough weeks. So if you come in next week and you're beaten, but there's 70 other people that are strong, that's a good place to be. You understand? I'm not asking you to be superhuman. I'm, actually, I'm asking you to step into the supernatural realm of your heavenly design so that spiritual, spiritual transformation comes out of that place. Then corporate worship will have real substance to it, heavenly substance. And I was feeling there was heavenly substance today. So I'm not, not knocking. It was good. I mean, I entered in. I was able to enter in. But I'm, I'm just telling you that it, you enter in from your true identity. Now spiritual transformation. You don't have to try. You show up in it. So if you want this whole message to be simplified, it's all about position. Remember this position right here, heavenly places. And process. Now God's going to take you out into this world. He's not going to keep you in heaven. He wants you to go out and make disciples. Right? He didn't tell you to go out and save people. He said, go make disciples. That means start building relationships. It's an organic thing. The way you do evangelism is not like, I got to try to evangelize. You just show up in it. So here I am, God. I'm glad we were hanging out. And as I take communion or as I go and serve at my workplace or I do something around the house, God, I can't wait to release on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Don's going to go home. He's going to do his projects. But he's going to step into it from a new place. And it's going to be a different experience, I'm telling you. You're going to look around. You're going to, things will look different. They might even smell different. There's a fragrance and aroma from heaven. There's something of the sound of heaven, the glory of heaven. It, it's not, oh. That thing I needed to fix doesn't look so hard anymore. God, I didn't see it that way before. That is really cool. See, you went through a spiritual transformation that impacted even your house. So, are you tired of sitting? Do you want to stand up? Please stand. And worship team, if you could come back up, that would be awesome. I want us to enter into a time of worship based on the perspective that I, I, I presented to you, to you this morning. I want you to step into the heavenly realm of your true identity and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, will you help me to do this? I don't know how to do this. I'm not familiar with it. It's troublesome for me because I'm so used to leaning on my own understanding. And as we spend this time in song, even the instruments say, Holy Spirit, will you, will you touch my fingers and, the, and will you touch the brain that my brain will be coordinated with the Spirit. So when I use my fingers on the guitars or the drums, that suddenly it's going to be from a heavenly realm, not just, oh, I'm a good guitar player. And by the way, you are really good at that. That's good. But I'm just telling you, don't let that go to your head because then you're going to be in the spirit of the world. And I don't want you in the spirit of the world. I want you to be in heavenly places. Got it? It's really good. You doing all right, Corey? Sarah? All right. I don't know the rest of your names, but someday I will know. So I might interrupt here a little bit. I don't know, but let's just kind of flow and see where we go. And All right.